You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Brett Griffin's in the house. This is Door Bumper Clear presented by OfferPad. After last night's All-Star Race, we're here to talk about the aero package, some driver comments about the format, no coolers at Texas, plus our boy Doug Kobe is in the house, first-time inaugural winner with the SRX Series. Here we go. Somebody once told me that Jason's gonna go work on the Dale Jr. download. Cause Jillner's looking kinda dumb with a finger and a thumb pointing at a map of a lost track. Well, the pods start coming and they don't stop coming. Spotted to the roof and hit the ground running. Didn't make sense just to work for one. Jason's brain was smart, but his head was dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with DBC? You'll never know if you go, Woo, you'll always be a donkey. Woo, hey now, Jason. Drink a White Claw Schultz. Hey now, Jason. Got a message for you. Get out of Dillner's ass. Only DBC breaks the mold. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 22 Cup car. Had the one truck this weekend and no Xfinity. Thank goodness. Good for you. Thanks for the Chick-fil-A this morning. Yeah. yeah. I hate that uh, Casey's I not know. here to enjoy it with us. Yeah. Casey, I brought you Chick-fil-A. Did not have access to those millions of points that you have in the app that you brag about. But, I ate hers though; but, it was awesome. But I never had her, used I had her four minis. So yeah, so partly full house, not all the way. Yeah, three quarters. Uh, Brett Griffin, spotter for uh, Nutrinac Solution Suite this weekend. I had my right hand guy, Fireball Freddy, with me to help out. <laughs> I don't Fireball Freddy. I, I, I still don't remember what my job title is, but it was fun. We it's had director of team fun, isn't it? Yeah. Dude, is that on the roof of your? Fireball, what a firecracker car! Fire, that, fireball it, it needs to say Fireball Freddy on the top of it, one hundred percent. Like he needs to put that on there with like a little picture of a cannonball looking thing. I've seen more sh- more Fireball at Billy Bob's on Friday night than I'll ever like to see again. There was people that did not need them taking copious amounts of Fireball, and I was just trying to steer them in the right direction. So we, we start this event, TJ, at five o'clock, and it ends at ten thirty. And at 10.30, uh-huh. you know what everybody says? Let's go to Billy Bob. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, of course, the three of us that are working the event, like, we've, we've literally been just hosting all night. It's like, here all we go. Day. So we, all day. So <laughs> we, go to, we go to Billy Bob's, the largest honky-tonk in America. And all of our friends that go with us are pretty much hammered. What day was this Friday? We're not. Friday. We're sober because we've been working yeah. all night. So we get there. And you know how it is, man, walking into a bar sober at 11 o'clock at night? With 15 drunk people? <laughs> <laughs> 
You know how hot it was on Saturday? Oh, I'm well aware. That's why I, I walked my friend. He looked like death. I, <laughs> That's because I worked him 18 hours on Friday. <laughs> that heat was no joke, man. Like it was. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have experience. It was intense. Car. I went to Whataburger for an hour and a half at some point that evening because some people needed to have some Whataburger before they went to bed. <laughs> but it was it was a uh, it was do you, a can, do, fun do you experience. have any idea, TJ? That that if you do like right, bars close at two. Somebody says, I want Whataburger. Whataburger is open 24 hours. How long do you think it would take to go through a drive-thru? <laughs> At 2.30 in the morning. I can tell you. The over-under is an hour. Let me just give you <laughs> Yeah, that I was going to say, I bet it's a long time. Hour, 20 minutes, because, two people working in the kitchen. Yeah, because you're oh not the only one that had that idea. <laughs> they probably need to bring in more staff. Starting at two till yeah. about three, <laughs> yeah, like overstaff a little bit between there because that's when the place. Is whenever closed. the whenever the bars close or whenever the places next door close, they should just bring all those people into Whataburger and have them work the rest of the evening. Is yeah. it next door? It's no, it was by our hotel. We were staying right behind the racetrack. You. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah, got to be some peak hours in there. All you people from Buffalo Wild Wings that just got off work, walk next door to Whataburger. <laughs> you guys got to clock in over <laughs> here now. Yeah, what's up, Freddie Crafts, Spotted for Bubba Wallace, Derek Krause, Jeb Burton this weekend. Uh, not ideal weekend. Obviously, uh, Jeb got wrecked. Bubba didn't make it. Derek had a decent day. Um, and then just Derek almost didn't have a decent day on the front. I looked down one time and he was swerve. He was swaying back and forth on the front stretch. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think that was with that Chase. Was exciting, yeah, that wasn't was, it? That was more exciting than it needed to be. Um, but anyway, how was uh, how was your day yesterday? Pretty uh, uneventful there for a Aside while. Aside from being hot. I mean, so it was hot Friday, uh, Saturday, but I felt like it was hotter yesterday. Was that open? Really? The open was ridiculous. Yeah. Hotter when yesterday? I, when I got wow. down off the roof, I, I went down to get the car to stage it after the All-Star race, the, the, the main event there for Lambert. And it, when I was walking down, it was still it was eight thirty. The sun's down. It's still a hundred and four degree heat index. It was actually okay wow. at the end of the All-Star <laughs> race, but during the open, I was on the roof watching, and I was like, "My God, who, is who it do you hot think sat in the room and said, hey, 'Hey, I've got an idea. Let's host a race in the middle of the dog days of summer when it's hotter than forty hells outside, and let's run it in South Texas or in Texas in the middle of the day.'" Look, because that's what we did on Saturday. We ran back to back races in the heat of the day. Oh yeah, oh, I'm aware of that. <laughs> the uh, only thing good about it is that if it did rain, it would e- immediately evaporate off the. Sc- the lava that it was going to land on because you couldn't even there's a texas is a nice spotter stand it's a great spotter stand i sat on that bench behind where i stand oh my gosh burnt your ass yeah like i gotta get back up like you put your arm like oh not doing that anymore i I made the mistake of you know i i try to not use my binoculars very often so then like i'm smoking i got we run you know 30 laps or something we start racing somebody on saturday i go pick them up look at it and i I felt like i probably had two round you know red circles around my eyes because just was a thousand did any of your stuff shut down mine did my phone did yeah yeah i went to give lap times i look at my phone it says hey you're too hot can't do anything right now (laughs) so you had a hot ass and a hot phone i wish i could have done i wish i had i could just key up and be like yep I've hit the temperature. I can't work for a little while. <laughs> Damn. Come on. We start water cooling our iPhones or something. Yeah. It was uh it was something else. Yeah, that was wild. So we got a couple of special guests in here today, Peyton and Jim from Indiana. Yeah. Peyton, Peyton's uh, very Peyton, well Peyton, known for Peyton uh, is famous on the yes, show. It may, 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 mainly for get out of Dillner's. 
<laughs> yeah. Sing it, TJ. Right, that, that was pretty close already. <laughs> I was definitely on key. Yeah. We'll have to open the show with that again this week, Jason. Yeah, I'll put it in. <laughs> yeah, since Peyton's in the house. So uh, welcome from Indiana. Peyton's going to be a school teacher. Awesome. Yeah. I heard it's going to be Tony Stewart's old high school. Yeah. What grade? What grade? High school. Oh, it's, yeah. I don't know if that's better or worse. I high school? Yeah. Man, I don't know either. You know, you got them little shits running around when they're elementary school. Their I middle know. school is kind of like when they start figuring out that they want to be big shits, And then by the time they get to high school, they are big shits. And they, they have, they're, more, they're <laughs> sneakier. You can always tell when a younger kid's being sneaky because they think they're doing really good, but they're doing a terrible job at a it. Terrible job. Like, Stella, what are you doing in the cabinet? Oh, just getting a Ziploc bag. No, nah, she's an Oreo. She, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think I could teach high school. I don't think you could teach That's anything. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I think anything you're teaching anybody, they don't. They should probably never learn, if I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, could well, you imagine him trying to train somebody? Could you imagine? I mean, anything. We, we have debunked a lot of jobs for Brett in here. Like, could you imagine walking in and Brett's your lawyer? Nope, that's not going to work. Imagine walking in, oh, hey, Mr. Griffin. Nope, that's, nah. not, that's out. Yeah. I don't know exactly what, uh, what the plan is there, but. Yeah, I don't. Could you imagine being a student of his and missing something? All right, man. Well, uh, Casey is absent yet again today, so we'll let Jason. I don't know if Jason can Jason lead this show. TJ, no, he he's he's gonna have to for today, but absolutely not. All right, well, Jason, it's 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 on you. Hey, we do have a special guest coming later. Doug Kobe's gonna be dialing in, but for now, uh, I guess Jason, take it away. First, I want to say Jason, producer of Door Bumper Clear and Door Bumper Clear only starting today. What? Oh, you got fired? You got fired? Yep. <laughs> you serious? Are we gonna talk, do we need to talk about this? I mean, or is Donor get Donor back in? He's back. He's going to start working again. Oh, that's cute. I'll see. Just whatever you can do. Yeah. Donor. So you're going to get your. Obviously, the, uh, the higher ups listened to the show and realized what was going on. <laughs> yeah. I rode I rode to Charleston last week with Dell Jr. And he, we talked about it. And I was like, man, I got to get Donor back working again. He's mm-hmm. not doing shit. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe I'm not. I don't know. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe kidding. Allegedly. <laughs> All right. So before we get started, let's hear some more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Hi, we're OfferPad. The new way homes are sold. The one stop for every type of home seller. At OfferPad, you can sell instantly, letting you skip home showings altogether. Plus, you get to pick your closing day and we'll even throw in a free local move. Just go to OfferPad.com, tell us about your home, and we'll send you a great cash offer within 24 hours. Accept the offer and you're sold. Home selling doesn't get any easier. Or, if that's not your style, let OfferPad list your home so we can partner to maximize your investment. Listing with OfferPad comes with tons of free services, free handyman fixes, house cleaning, yard work, and more to get your home show ready. OfferPad can even advance renovation costs to help update countertops, carpets, and paint so you can maximize your home's value. And this is just the start of what's possible. Whatever way you want to sell, you're sold with OfferPad. Sell your way today at OfferPad.com. Terms and conditions apply. Real estate brokerage services provided by OfferPad Brokerage, LLC. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, Door Barber Clear fans, we're headed to race in Nashville for the first time in a decade this weekend. The best part about Nashville, it's a market for our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. That's right, Brett. Whether you want to move to Nashville or sell your home there and buy a new one, go to OfferPad.com right now. Yeah, we're excited to visit Nashville because there's tons to do between music, sports, food, and more. Sounds like an awesome place to live. 
and OfferPad.com can help make that happen. Virago is like my favorite sushi joint in the country. It's in Nashville. Log on to OfferPad.com right now. Fill out the five-minute form about your home, and within 24 hours, you'll have a competitive cash offer. Then go take a look at homes for sale in Nashville under OfferPad's Buy tab. Yeah, when asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you and help us out. Spot on, spot off. First topic, less horsepower for the all-star race. Brett, spot on, spot off. Man, I was so confused by this because less horsepower to me means horsepower easier to drive. Or the, the format? The format's <laughs> ridiculous, right? But the horsepower thing, I was, I was first of all, I mean, Freddie said it last week. If these are the best drivers in the world, why are we going to make the cars yet again easier to drive? And then as soon as the race starts, we got guys spinning out like crazy. So was that traction compound or what was it? But then as the race goes on, you see guys wrecking like Bubba, like Christopher Bell, and they don't ever literally completely wreck. They get saves out of it. So I am always going to be spot off for less horsepower. I don't care if we're racing lawnmowers. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've beat this horse to death on here. But, you know, it just shows every time. You know, I think you – and I, I don't know if they were trying to get back to that 2018 all-star package that we ran in Charlotte, yeah. whether we were, we were packed like that's up the way more. We were going. But it just, there was no, when you, that, when you sprayed the racetrack like that, it was one lane. It was the bottom, the bottom, the bottom. One guy went to the top and got it to work. Then we all went to the top and that was the new bottom. Like, it's just, you know, I, it's a combination of no horsepower and, and the track being the way it was that just that, that product I, and, is no good, and then just I'm I'm same as Brett. Like you're never going to convince me that less horsepower is good. I'm uh, I'm spot off. That to me, seeing that package and still seeing oh, there's probably only three cars on that track, maybe four, that could hold it wide open. We were lifting on both ends. If you're going to do it, if you're going to knock horsepower out, knock enough out to where we're all getting runs. Don't I mean you didn't either. You, I, I want. Tons of horsepower. But, 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 TJ, if this is the Cup Series and these are all-stars. Oh, I feel like we need more. Why but. Why would we want a driver to be able to go wide open? Because then it's the car is better than the driver. But what I'm saying is if you're knocking horsepower out, you're, you're if you're going to knock it out, that's fine, whatever. I don't want it. But I, like, I, I know I know what you're saying. You're saying if we're going to knock it out, knock it out to make it. Knock it everybody out. Everybody can go wide open. Like knock Talladega it out to Daytona. where it's a better race. But what? how much talent does it require to hold a gas pedal wide open? Well, that's what I've been saying here the last handful of weeks. This isn't like these guys aren't really nothing against these guys that are that are winning the races and stuff. They're obviously all these guys are really talented, but it's not. I don't man. I used to watch Kyle Busch come off the corner at Dover broadside every single lap, and I mean wheeling it. Carl Edwards same way. Jimmy, I mean wheeling the heck out of it. And we were having a conversation on the plane a couple weeks ago from after Sonoma, and we were talking about Texas. And it was a few other drivers, and they're like, man, remember when we used to be sideways off the corner at Texas just spinning the tires? That is not happening now. Like, I literally – our car doesn't ha- – I mean, we were fighting some handling issues. I watched Kyle Larson drive in the middle, swing up to the grip, then turn down low where his splitter can hit. He's hitting the apron with the splitter. He's so low from the middle of the corner. There's no way, Freddie, your car wouldn't – where you entered, what line you decided was where you were going to pretty much stay. He's cutting the wheel in the middle of the corner, going to the bottom, and that's just that's just not very. Yeah, but and then you you talk about that, but then at the same time, he's obviously the best car in the field yesterday, right? I mean, and I would been think the best car in the last month when he restarted 
12th or 13th. Couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't go anywhere. He's, yeah. He finished 14th in that segment. In a in a four or five hundred mile race, there he would eventually work his way. He was he was slowly working his way through there, but he he wasn't by any means just picking him up and no. knocking him down. I but. mean, even when you got the best car, and it's just so dependent on track position, and that's what I'm saying. If you're gonna knock horsepower out, knock a ton of it out. Make Don't knock any of it out, Jesus. Well, I mean, I want big motors the entire time where you can spin the tire off the corner and guys are hanging on, but um, knocking that much out, it just doesn't, it's no different. Kyle Busch says this whole thing is f***ing bullshit on radio during the All-Star Race. Freddie, spot on, spot off. Freddie, let me decode that for everybody else. This whole thing is f***ing BS. <laughs> <laughs> yep, f***ing. Uh, I mean, it's hard to argue with him. You go into this race, this was the first race that I can remember in my life that I prepared for that I did not know the rules that or did not fully understand all of the rules going into it. And then so if I don't if I do this every week and I've done it for 20 years across 100 different series, if I don't know how this works, how the hell do you expect the fans to know how this works? And then you go and watch the race. I was unfortunately we didn't make it, so then I sat in the suite and watched the race on TV. And I felt like there was very little update on how the race is progressing after the first or second stage. All right, who's the low man now? I saw a couple times the thing flashed on the bottom of the screen quick. The fourth stage, I did a little better job showing it, you know, on the screen. But I felt like as we're going along. There was no updates on for TV side, and then I'm sure I couldn't see the big screen, but I'm sure there was no updates on the big screen. So now the people that are actually there have no idea what the hell's going on. It's just I don't understand how you can have a race in a format where the people that are working the race for you don't know the rules. Well, that's what Kyle Bush says is is, is fing BS. But what do you think Kyle Larson said? He probably said this is awesome. Cha-ching. I, I'm uh, I'm spot <laughs> off for Kyle Bush saying that. What I am though going to say is. Ticket sales were up 30% for the All-Star Race at Texas versus the 2019 All-Star Race at Charlotte, which is a really good sign for our sport. 30% more people are coming to watch this race. That tells me it's an opportunity to either, A, get new fans that are there for the first time, or B, retain the fans that we already have. And when you have something this complicated and this gimmicky, it's not going to get traction with a fan base because I was sitting at home. I was texting Jeff Gluck, asking him, do you have any idea when we get to stage five, who starts where? Nope. Well, if he doesn't know as a media person, if I don't know as a guy in the industry, if Freddie's at the racetrack and he doesn't even know, how the hell is a fan supposed to know? We can't keep doing this gimmicky stuff and think it's going to work. Yes, it's the all-star race. We can try fun things. Six stages? Way too many. If they had finished the race at the end of stage five, after the live pit stop, the way things jockeyed out, it was actually pretty good at stage five. Stage six, ten lap shootout, cars are running close, nobody passed anybody. Bye. I'm uh I mean play devil's advocate here. I actually thought the um the stages were almost perfect length. We never really got strung out too far and just rode, you know what I mean? It was like Right when you're like, okay, everything, oh, there's three to go in the stage already. And that was kind of nice to, you had to, you had to hustle the whole time. Um, Kyle was fighting, Kyle's car was pretty equal to ours at the time there, and we were running around each other quite a bit. But I thought uh, I struggled to understand, you know, I, I read all the rules and everything, and, and but you read them, and then playing them out on track's a whole different story. But, I had no idea where we were going to line up. I was listening when NASCAR was caught reading the lineup. I'm like, okay, this is, oh, okay, here we are behind this guy. Wait, I had no idea. Um, 
the only time you knew is whenever they had the they drew the number for the invert down there. And if you're gonna do an invert, spin a wheel. Yeah. I, I agree. Some dude in victory lane rattling off a color and we unveil a color. Come on. Yeah, man. I wanna see I'd rather see a wheel because to me there's you don't know. I mean it's like oh 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 you don't know they how do you know somebody's not like, all right, you hey, gotta this pick one, the blue one. This one here, this one's gonna you know what I mean? Like I'd rather see the wheel because plus it's exciting to kind of watch it for a yeah, second. I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind now that I've done it, done it once that I actually, I actually um, kind of enjoyed how they lined up. You had to earn your spot there for the last run. There, it wasn't just like a freebie, and it forced you to it forced you to haul ass every stage. I thought that like I agreed. I thought I, I think you tweeted last night about stage five, and it just that was. With a, green, a mandatory green flag pit stop and money on the line, so now you're forcing these guys to push the limit of their speed on pit road. I saw Danny's pit map, and it was insane. The lights he was having to run, moving back and forth, but just trying to maximize every section of pit road um, just to try and help his guys win that money. Um, it was, you know, it's incredible. But and I think that that would, you know, that it's still kind of gimmicky, but you know that at least. Did something to jumble the field up a little bit. Some guys, you know, pit on the first lap. Some guys, oh, pit that was crazy. Through. You had half you know, the group waving. I don't know why. I'm not really sure. I think they maybe just wanted to be in clean air. But when you have 12 cars pit, you're back in the same air that you were yeah, in. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand so that either. It, when they all pitted, it kind of gave us clean air. So I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I think your I think your thought process there maybe is just pit before you're wound up. You know, you're you're still trying to wind up, so you come to pit road and then get wound up by yourself. Um, and, and you're hoping maybe nobody comes with you, I guess. So you're going to be by yourself when you get back out there. But yeah, I'll have now. I, I don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, imagine if the caution came out. Imagine if, imagine if Ross or anybody had an just, issue. Yeah. And the caution came out five laps earlier. Do they, what happens? Half your field is a lap down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah, there was some other questionable things too that, that weren't really laid out in the roles that were, thought about doing but like what just you know when you can pit do you have to pit what i mean there yeah, was there was a mandatory pit stop but there wasn't a mandatory no, before that one though oh what so, do you mean? no i mean i think one of the um i don't think it said mandatory uh one of the deals oh like you're saying you didn't have you yeah could, i don't you i didn't could re- if you wanted to like yeah like i don't know no, there's sure. just some we don't know the rules. Go nobody, on, keep us going, Jason. Nobody knows. <laughs> All right, Brad Keselowski makes a pass, but unable to hold off the HMS trio on the final restart. TJ, spot on, spot off. Uh, I mean, spot on. He made it exciting. I mean, I, I was looking up there like, oh, well, this is interesting. Oh, he's almost case clear. Oh. And then he kind of left the outside open for a – and it's such a hard spot off the corner right there. I think he actually was clear. He was for, clear, yeah. But it's so close from that spotter stand that – I mean, but it is the all-star race. It's for a million f***ing dollars. Yeah, I mean. What does it matter if you wreck? You crowd the guy or something. Brad Keselowski's a hell of a plate racer. Somebody's got to get clear right there. You crowd him a little bit, do something. um, It's for a million dollars. Yeah, I don't. And guess what? If you don't move up right there and they get back to your right rear, they're going to pass you because their cars are faster than yours. Yeah, I I find that. I really don't see that hole staying there if my guy's going up. I mean, I feel like we're going to the fans, whether yeah, he's no there matter, or yeah, not. Whether, whether, no matter <laughs> what you say. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my guy is coming up no matter what for a million. Yeah, but before this, is there anybody on the planet that gets luckier with these cautions Brad? than Brad Kozlowski? And, no. 
<laughs> like for two he, years, he caught like. that one last week and, and got a penalty, or else he was going to be leading the race. Yep. This week he catches one right, perfect time to lead the race. And Coleman's down there just laugh, smiling <laughs> ear to ear. You're looking down and like, oh my gosh, he's down there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. We knew it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's happened. It's happened at least once or twice a year to him. Like, and I don't remember it. We were talking about it. I can actually remember the last time that has happened to Brad. I can't. Re- I know it's happened to everyone a time or two, but I can't tell you. Like, yeah, Brad, it's almost like, I feel like oh it's yeah, been like three, four times in the last year, calendar year. Oh, at least, yeah, it's been three times in the last two years because it happened one time last year too, and he won the race from it. Yeah. So, but hey, man, sometimes luck is hard to beat. Yeah, we talk about it on here too. You tell you talk about whether he's clear or not. You know, that's that's part of the being super aggressive in this package and taking every inch. Like, if you get clear right there. The chances are you probably win the race. So, you know, you have to jump on those had, opportunities when you got them. He didn't have a lot of speed in the middle section, kind of like Larson back there and, and everyone else in the middle pack. It was hard to get through it. But, man, he got near that front. He was able to – it took him a lap or two to get a run sometimes, but he was uh, he was making it very interesting. Next one here, Speedway Motorsports enforces the no-cooler policy at Texas despite the hottest weather of the season. And I found this – policy i believe started because of covid so the checkers have to check coolers but at nascar owned tracks you're allowed to bring coolers so it's an smi thing and our friend randy the plumber had posted a video about that over the weekend he so. has posted a couple of videos about yeah. it and yeah. he is not afraid to tell you what he thinks i mean look we had a couple new tracks that were built i don't remember what the last one was and they kind of did the no cooler thing I mean, I guess you're doing it because you don't want security to have to take the time to check the cooler to make sure that it's safe to bring it onto the property. But here's the problem. The problem is, since I was a little boy and I was going to NASCAR races, we walked in with our coolers and we had waters or we had beers or we had fireball. It doesn't matter. Whatever we had, we had in these coolers. So the culture of the sport to the fan base is when we go to the racetrack, we're able to take our food and our drinks in there, and we don't have to go pay super inflated prices at the concession stand. So if we're going to go away from this culture, SMI, and it's fine if you do, you on the racetrack, you do whatever you want, but if you piss your fans off, guess what? Your ticket sales won't be up 30% again next year. If you're going to go away from this policy, do what the Atlanta Falcons did, which is have dollar beers at the concession stand and dollar hot dogs. Make it to where people can afford it. It was the hottest day of the year, and it is bullshit. They couldn't take their coolers in there because that's not what our fans are accustomed to. And I'm sorry if it's because of security reasons, get the dogs out there, get whatever you got to get to keep the fans safe, but keep the fans happy. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, okay, we did it for COVID because we want to keep the checkers away from, you know, the guys checking the cooler. But now all you've done is create a super long line at concession stand every caution flag because people have to go down there to buy their drinks. I saw hundreds of people trying to carry in makeshift coolers, you know, clear backpacks full of ice, uh, plastic totes. Those aren't coolers or coolers for a reason. They're insulated. They're meant to keep cold. This stuff doesn't work. So now this guy's got a bag of water and and hot beer, hot water, whatever it is. Um, You know, like you said, it just... You're making the fan experience worse, especially on a day like yesterday when it's 110 degrees during the I race. I saw them dropping like flies on Saturday in the stands, man. It, it was, was hot. Ba- it was bad. Um, I, I don't – most of the time when these people go to races, they don't show up, park, and walk right in a race. They show up, tailgate, you know, they, they, they're having a good time. They're making a day of it. So, you know, I, I get – just regulate like it used to be. The cooler size, you know, can only be so big. And – I mean, I'm hot days like that. 
I just don't see how you don't allow coolers, man. I just, I just don't like, I just, I just don't, I just don't see it. Yeah. NASCAR throws cautions for half spins by Christopher Bell on Sunday and Brandon Jones on Saturday. Freddie, spot on, spot off. Uh, kind of both here. Uh, Bell, I think Bell's probably warranted a caution. He was about three quarters away around. I about closed my damn eyes. It was right in front of me. And smoke was everywhere. So I didn't mind that one so much, but the Brandon Jones one, man. Wow. That was uh that they were was definitely on, not a caution. They were quick on Christopher Bell's caution. Like he was still he wasn't like yeah, he so got, I wasn't on the radio. Yeah, point. they were pretty quick with that one. I actually thought the, the Brandon Jones one was pretty late. Like oh, he was yeah. already like straight, he was and straight and rolling. Straight and rolling, yeah. And I, I actually thought because I was watching it, um, I actually thought they threw the caution for somebody wrecking behind him because of it or something, not just for him. And but the Christopher Bell one, he was really close. I thought he was right hooking. Like I thought he was coming back up, and it was right in front of us. So. I was like, oh, we're done. Here we go. Where there's smoke, there's fire. From now on, if we see smoke, let's just call a caution. Let's make a rule, <laughs> and let's let the rule be the rule. If we see smoke, we're throwing a caution. I just, I, you know, it's we just ask every week on here for consistency and transparency. You know, maybe if somebody comes out and says, hey, you know, we looked up, saw that guy sideways, assumed he was going to spin through it. Okay, whatever. I can, I can, I can get away with that. But then. You know, it's just it's just the consistency is not there. We don't know when what's a caution anymore and what's not. And I'm not just back real quick to the the format deal. I, it would be nice if they would tell us an update, like, hey, all right, guys, we're starting stage three. You know, at the end of this round, we spin the wheel for the top invert, whatever. It'd be nice to update. I think it would keep more people informed too on what's happening. Not like, uh, hey, what stage is this? What are we doing again? It'd be nice if, like, all right, guys, this laps this stage is. 15 laps long we're inverting the top or we're spinning at the end where it's going to invert between 8 and 12 talk to you then and i mean then you don't have i just think that would help too but yeah i don't yeah i don't, I don't brandon jones is a little little that wasn't a caution period. yeah that shouldn't have been a caution the superstar racing experience srx first race at stafford included heat races invert fun flags and more brett spot on spot off Spot on for everything. I mean, a new series at a short track, a lot of buzz. Doug Kobe's coming on here in a little bit, the race winner who beat a lot of superstars and legends. I, I honestly, the only thing I'm going to say I want to see, Freddie, I want to see the cars going a little bit faster. Yeah, I agree. And we kind of, I looked at the lap times and and they were in the 23 second range, I think, which is five to five, four or five seconds slower than what a modified or an SK modified runs around there. So that's pretty, pretty slow. Um, and it's just, you know, a lot of horsepower, big boxy race car. Um, they all look super tight, but it's just, you know, the way the car drove probably. Uh, so they, I mean, they're going to fine tune them. Like we said, this is the first time they've raced them on the same track together. Who knows? I think, you know, I don't even know. The next one might be Slinger. Uh, Knoxville. Knoxville. Oh, Knoxville. So yeah, the dirt, they got dirt races coming up. So who knows? They might be more fun to watch on dirt. Uh, but you know, the, some of this stuff is great. And, you know, I don't want to hear fans say, that we need a fun flag in NASCAR stuff because you're talking apples, oranges here. You just got them. This is – yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, this is a six-race season, which I don't even know. Do they get – do they count points? Like, I don't even know if they have a champion because all the guys – but, like, these are more about the individual races. So, yes, if it gets I think strung is, out – I think there is points. Is there, there points? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm I not, think so. Yeah, I I'm think trying so. To, I'm trying to look it up. I just feel like they're they're more focused. The way, they, they're, the way they're running the program is more focused on – Fun. Each individual race being competitive, yeah. and you know, and this is 
This I is... could care less if they run for points, honestly. I'm not yeah. going to look oh, at the point of the yeah. I just want to watch. It's I only go six see, races. Uh, to me, there needs to be, I think they should dedicate a car, kind of like they are, to a local guy. Yeah, that's what they're doing. I want, well, I want to see, like, when they go to Slinger, I want to see a Slinger guy that's close. You know what I mean? Let's give them the chance to shine. Yeah. If you put let's if you put Kenseth in a car at Slinger, does he win? Probably. I'd put my money on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Um, you know, it and then you get back to the caution. My my biggest thing with like the fun flag thing is I just don't want it to be super random so that Ray Everham can just decide, oh, uh, throw a caution here. You know, like maybe it should be something like the like the Derby runs, snowball derby runs. If we run I think it's seventy five green flag laps, we're gonna throw a comp caution. And that's just, you know, and, and people use that to strategize and whatever, but at least you know, okay, if we get strung out here where we run 75 laps or 50, maybe say 50 for the SRX race or whatever, then a, then a caution's coming. I don't want you to be like, all right, Doug Kobe's checking out. We better throw the yellow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is a pilot season for these guys, oh, right? I'm stating obvious. So, so if you look at Tony Stewart, Ray Evernham, George Pine, CBS, the parties that are involved, they've got to have a long-term strategy for this. And what is it? It's going to be to have a Dale Jr. come race, to have a Jimmy Johnson come race, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Spencer maybe, right? So there's a lot of guys that can come make this series be relevant for a long time if they do this right. I also think they need to keep going to them tracks like that we're not normally at. Things that Got to. Stafford, Slinger, I mean, go to go to these tracks that that you know most people haven't heard of and show, you know, this is a chance to Really get short tracks out there and see what kind of local product that you might have that you don't even know about in your area, you know, and take your kids to them. Go see them. I mean, short track racing is a fun, it's fun, man. I mean, most of us grew up doing it here. You know, we've been going to local short tracks or your local track, whatever it is. And, and that's where it starts, man. This series sells out every short track in America. I don't care which one. Oh yeah. You pick, my, you pick my home dirt track, Lancaster, South Carolina. Dude, yeah. you, you you sell high, you could sell probably 40,000 tickets, standing room yeah. only at that place. Mm-hmm. This Door Bumper Clear podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise and more for more than 20 years. As Google's top-rated source for NASCAR merchandise, RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of driver diecast, hats, apparel, helmets, and novelties for the sport's most popular drivers. For example, RacingUSA.com currently has more than 500 different collectible die-cast cars available for 39 different drivers, including this weekend's all-star winner Kyle Larson's race-winning die-cast. RacingUSA.com is truly unique. They automatically discount items in your cart, so you get the best price. They offer free upgrades to expedited shipping. They guarantee the lowest pre-order prices. They ship all in-stock orders the next business day. And as an added bonus, you can enter to win this month's $200 gift card drawing. So, whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. NASCAR to slow cup cars by 7 to 10 miles per hour at super speedways and remove the wicker on the spoiler after Logano's Talladega crash. Freddie, spot on, spot off. Uh, spot off, as always, when we talk about taking speed away. I, I don't – maybe, I'm, TJ, you can agree with me or disagree. I don't know. Um, I don't think it was the speed creating the cautions, you know, the wrecks. It's the runs that they're getting based off the arrow package. So maybe the wicker will have more effect than than slowing them down. But I just I just didn't think that speed was the factor in, in these accidents. No, but we've been – I mean, I agree that I don't feel like we're – 
you know, we're not killing it in speed, but we've been, I mean, I remember when we went around there and, hey, man, we're running over 200 miles on our average laps, you know, so we've been creeping up. There's still, we had a good product at 190 still, but I think the bigger chain here, change here is going to be that wicker. That deal in the back is going to be pretty big, in my opinion. Yeah, the, the biggest thing is just, you know, as, as far as spotters go, and I think you'll agree with me, is like you, it was just, you could get a run out of nowhere, like with the way well, the package why, was. You know, we talked just, about Talladega. To me, it you, the guys that are good, that wicker takes away all craft of the of the good drivers because Brett shows up in a Spire car, he gets a huge run coming to the white, and you could do it. I mean, just by holding it wide open, and there's no when you have a little bit, and I think what I don't know, but my experience is going to tell me that without the wicker, there's going to be a little bit of a bubble. It, maybe I don't know, and you know if you have that bubble. You guys got to work together to get around me. And I've won a lot of races, even with Dell Jr. getting out front, and you guys get racing. Well, guess what happens when you get racing? You can't pass me. Yeah. So I would rather see a little bit of a chess game rather than some guy running 15th in the last lap, holding it wide open, getting a big run when we're eight wide and, you know, doing that. I, I actually like this change because I think it puts a little bit more back. I think the good guys are going to – they're always find the way to the front, but I think it's going to be – you put a guy like Danny or Brad or Joey up front, they're going to be hard to pass. I just speak from experience on, you know, my 20-plus year career here. Every time we get close to 200 miles an hour. We back down. We flip. We yeah. leave the earth. I've seen my drivers flip multiple times at multiple Daytona and Talladega races, at mm-hmm. both of them. So it seems to me every time we start getting up near that 200 mark, we start seeing cars upside down more frequently. Um, I don't think NASCAR is in a situation here where they can win. I think that yeah. they're trying to put a great product on the track, which, look, we do. I think mean, plate racing is still my favorite style of racing to spot. I think I'm spot on for whatever NASCAR is going to try to do here to keep the cars on the ground. But, but yet again, if the stars align and these bumpers hit and guys get turned around at the right or wrong time in the draft, depending on how you look at it, Cars are still going to flip over. So I, I don't think if, if there was a magic answer, we'd, we would already know it by now. Um, I, I, I think NASCAR can't win in this scenario because drivers don't want to do what Joey Logano did. They don't want to do what Ryan Newman did. But there's no safety testing that you can do to say if these things happen, it's going to flip a car over. But I'm okay with them making changes too. I, I'm, I'm totally spot on for them yeah. doing anything they want to do here. What I'm curious to see, though, is a lot of times when you take some of this horsepower away, it can jumble the field up even more and create even more beating and banging and wrecking. So it's a it's a hell of a problem. Yeah. Kudos to them, though. I did see, and I didn't see exactly where it was, but they are adding a bar to the roll cage, too. Yeah, they're trying to sturdy uh, the Just try to sturdy, sturdy the cage up, up a little, up a little bit. bit, too. But, but, man, we've talked about this on, on the show. We've got all this safety test going on right now for the for the next-gen car. I mean, they're, they're taking the car – this week, I think. Somebody's to, getting ready to spend a lot of money. So somebody's yeah. getting ready to spend a lot of money. This week, they're taking a car, and they're going to have it run wide open now, pit road, and they're going to crash this car and see what the data is because we got to keep these drivers safe. But here's the thing. We do all this safety testing, even for our current car, 
we can't do any safety testing with the car upside down. Yeah. So when the when when Ryan Newman's wreck happens, when Joy Logano's wreck happens, everything that they're doing is after the fact. And I applaud all the changes they're making because they don't have any data other than real time crashes to be able to use to make these cars safer. They're they're backed into a corner. Plate racing is some of our most exciting racing. Some drivers love it. Some drivers hate it. Yeah. Some spotters love it. Some spotters hate it. At the end of the day, NASCAR is doing all they can to, to make these drivers as safe as they can, no matter how or what or when or why we look at things. And I think, you know, what bothers me about this is the people on social media, oh, just, you know, put your big boy pants on. It's plate racing. Yeah. Well, let's flip you over in a car and get hit in the roof and have your head pinned against the headrest inside the car, not knowing if you're going to get hit again. You know, and which oh by the way, you didn't do anything wrong to get flipped. You and just, oh by the way, your own business. And oh by the way, your family sitting there tr- watching you go through this as well. You know, so I'm a a big fan of them taking action here and you know trying to get them slowed down a little bit. And look, man, at the end of the day, the, these guys, it's it's a small family in there, and you don't. We got to be safe first. We can't be we can't be out there. You know, just flipping like that and going 210 mile an hour flipping we lost adam petty we lost kenny Irwin, we lost Dale earnhardt and the switch went off and and nascar stepped up big time and said hey we're going to do everything we can not to lose another one of our stars yeah and and so far they've done a tremendous job and i still think they're doing everything they can to keep these guys safe i don't think there's been anybody that's been more proactive in as far as protecting their guys i mean they've done they're always i mean they've been all over it i mean I think they've been, you know, first class with all that stuff. Jeff Gordon weighing his future with Fox as he contemplates leaving to take a larger role with Hendrick Motorsports. Brett, spot on, spot off. Spot on, man. I think he should. Uh, I think you he's mentioned he already has. I, I, I think. Well, I mean, look, I told you guys a couple years ago on the show that it was going to happen at some point, and, and I think it's a good thing for the sport. I mean, when you look at Joe Gibbs Racing, and you look at Roush Racing, and you look at some of these organizations that have older ownership, how do we transition that ownership today into tomorrow? Well, I'll tell you how. Rick Hendrick has a guy named Jeff Gordon. Brad Keselowski buys into Roush Racing or whatever may be happening there. That's how you have that transition happen. So I'm, I'm spot on. I feel like that, that Clint uh, did a good enough job in the booth that he and Mike Joy and a Larry Mack or somebody of that – Statue could certainly get in there and, and still be able to carry the broadcast. I didn't think – and I love Jeff Gordon to death. The guy's obviously one of the greatest to ever hold a steering wheel. Um, he wasn't adding anything to the broadcast for me this year watching it. I thought, wow, this is making this a tremendous show versus not tremendous. So I, I think if the booth loses him, they'll be fine. I think if the sport gains him back inside of the garage, it's a hell of a lot better for NASCAR than it is having him in the booth. But I could be wrong. I'm wrong a lot. Watching the SRX broadcast, I actually – and I don't I don't watch the broadcasts of many races because I'm working them, but I do enjoy like Alan Beswick. I I've always liked him. Uh, then you know he always I just like his play by play. Like he's the best. Know, I like Alan. He's the best. He keeps me without even like thinking about it. I I can kind of tell what's going on just hearing him call the race. You know. So, but yeah, I think it's uh, I think I think he wants to do it. In my opinion, I think that's a good move. But that's Jeff Gordon, man, you know, like won everything 50 times, you know. So what better guy is there to take the place, you know, to to do that role? He's been there since I was in school, you know, like <laughs> yeah. he's been he's yeah. been a part of that company, you know, forever. So what better guy to do it than him? 
it wouldn't be a bad time, Freddie, to go to HMS and be the president either, based on the way those cars yeah. are running. Wow. Yeah. I'm really killing it over just, here. Just think, though, just think if Jeff Gordon had became the president this year, everybody would be like, holy cow, this guy's the best yeah. president yeah. ever. Ever. Yeah. Forever. Well, second best to Biden. <laughs> NASCAR returns to Nashville Super Speedway for the first time in a decade after Dover Motorsports stopped seeking races there back in 2012 and attempted multiple sales of the facility. Freddie, spot on, spot off. Um, spot off. I don't. I just. I'm not 100% sold that we're going to have a great race this weekend. Uh, just this place. I don't. From what I can remember, from the few races I watched back in the day, they weren't very good races either. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Uh, I love Dover. Dover's one of my favorite tracks, one of my favorite areas. So it kind of sucks to not go back there twice, you know, in a season. But uh, hopefully it's all right. Hopefully this kind of maybe transitions to to the fairgrounds. But maybe it's fair, you know, maybe we put a good show on and we have both dates in Nashville, which wouldn't be such a bad thing. Uh, Love the love the town, but I'm not sold on this racetrack just yet. I'm, I'm spot on for Nashville. Obviously, huge market, great market. Uh, I'm spot on for this week because there's a lot of hype going into us going back there. There's a lot of hype into Cup Series going there for the first time. I am spot off for a concrete mile-and-a-half racetrack. I've been there before. I've spotted some races there. Not a huge fan of the surface, but we haven't seen these Cup cars there. There's a lot of drivers that haven't been there. I'm spot on for the fact that we get practice back. We get qualified back. We got multiple series there. And I think you guys are going to see Silly Season grab a gear on Friday or Saturday or Sunday. I think some news breaks this week, uh, and I think it's going to be big news about um, some Silly Season stuff. I think the first domino fell with Keselowski. I think another domino falls this weekend, and I think it ramps oh, yeah. up. I oh, think yeah. it ramps up like 2022. What? Like what? Hmm. We'll see. What are you trying to say? I think I think, I think think we see some big news coming out this week in the Cup Series. I think uh, I, I'm kind of spot on – for the Nashville track. I want to give it a chance because the Texas race was close to what I expected, but it actually wasn't like there. The guys were racing hard. There was a lot of hard racing side by side, lap after lap. And man, it was kind of neat to see guys try to wash each other up out of the groove. Like Eric Jones tried to make a bold move and it didn't work out. You know, I mean, I, like, were you entertained watching it? Like, when they were racing, was it entertaining? I, I think the cool part about it is if you get out of the groove there, you're screwed. And the air there, like, yeah, yeah. The, if you're fourth or fifth in line, the guy dirties you up, like, it's it's a struggle. But yeah. it was, uh, that's why I'm saying, like, I almost wish you could, they could, more cars could run wide open because that way, if a guy goes, that guy's going to the bottom, he's going to have a little bit of a run, you know? So, but I want to give Nashville a chance because I think that's a slick surface. And last time, Every race I've spotted there, I've seen people, I'm not saying we're going to back any cars in or whatever, but I've seen people just struggle for grip, and it's not a very grippy racetrack. So I, I don't know. Have they? Did they do anything to the racetrack? I think I they're putting they, some stuff down. I know they've put something down or treated the racetrack or something. I don't know if yeah. it's PJ1, but I remember reading something about, about them doing something some to the Some tire surface. dragon, too. Yeah, but I want to give it a chance because we might go there. I want to give it a chance because I hope we go to Nashville ten times a year. <laughs> so I just I like seeing the drivers have to figure it out, and you know, does a guy get up there? Does he get a little too high? Does he push up the track? You know, or does you know a guy send him up there? Who know? I want to see, and it's a narrow, it's a wide track, but it's similar to Texas where the groove is narrow. So, and that makes these guys have to gouge a little bit, which is exciting to me. That's for good hard racing. All right, we got a few more fun topics we have to cover. Very important. First very, one. I see, this one's very important. Freddie's brother, John Kraft, is now driving for DoorDash. Brett, 
Spot on, spot off. TJ, we could not get this guy to get a job for three years, and now he's, he's working. He's got two. Now he's working two jobs. Yeah. He's working during the day at Casey Three, Kane's. really, because he's painting cars on the side <laughs> yeah, as well. He's doing digital paint schemes <laughs> yeah. for iRacing for Freddie. He's working at Casey Kane's making T-shirts, and now – Sometimes, when he shows up. He's driving for <laughs> Bubba's sponsor DoorDash. I mean – Thanks, Danny, man. You're awesome. I mean, so the other night, I forget what this was. I think it was... Uh, so, hey, if you order food, does your brother go get it? <laughs> Charlotte. <laughs> I'm leaving, and I was going to run like after the Coke 600. So I'm like, it's late. Nothing's open. I said, I'm going to run down, 40, down 45 to 77 yeah. and go, to, go that way up 150 That's back to my house. So I was like... Mindlessly, I didn't do that. I got on 85, went north, and went back like a popular tent. Like, I just was just not paying attention. Jesus. So I got about halfway home. I was like, I now I got to drive. If I'm going to do I got to go all the way across town. I'm like, I'm going to just DoorDash. So I DoorDash. <laughs> Your brother. And I get it. a text from John, like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, what the f is he laughing at? And then he sends me a screenshot on his way to pick up my food. I'm like, well, if I would have known that, I would have turned the tip way down or something. Like, <laughs> I, I, when he got back, I'm like, Pay me, give me my money back. So this guy went from you having to drive him to work because he didn't have a car to getting a job for a, you know, a good place. I mean, a yeah. reputable place. And now, not only is he doing that, He's hustling on the side, making his making, making money off his brother. Yeah, making money off me. I mean, geez. and you don't charge him rent. <laughs> I'm gonna start charging him now if he keeps charging. If I gotta keep paying him to go get my food, hey, he's you got should, to pay me back. You should mail him uh, like a rent, like a like, like a lease agreement. Yeah, like lease a lease agreement, agreement <laughs> and text him a picture. Of him, right, ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably. Shut him up on oh, that. Oh, John. Yeah, here's that $6 back I got tip I made. <laughs> I'll take it. Go ahead and take it out of your rent. Oh. All right, last one. DBC fan Alan Bedgood wants TJ and Brett's signatures tattooed on his driver arm sleeve. Did you see this tweet, TJ? I actually just remembered about it. So, yeah. so I didn't think the guy was like, oh, this guy's serious. So he sends TJ and I a tweet, and he says, hey, I've got a, a sleeve tattooed, uh, and, I wanna, and it's all driver signatures, and I want to put – this may be a dumb idea, but I want to put yours in TJ's signature on it. I'm like, yeah, this is a real dumb idea. Yeah. But spot on, man. Hell, I'll sign your arm. Does he realize how much my guy, like, the I get booed basically now? Like, do you realize yeah, but he's a, a Logano fan. I just say, I guess he don't like Bubba. <laughs> right. He don't like Bubba. Did I tell you all about the bank? I think Kansas I did is where he said that. he wanted us to sign yeah. it. I think I'm going to be in Kansas. So if, if we do this, we'll meet this guy. We'll sign his arm and we'll video Yeah, him. man. I mean, if that's what you want. I can do it. I had a bunch of fans yesterday. I was sitting in the car, like on that stage we yeah. parked out behind the grandstands. Yeah. They would just walk by, and then I would see them just kind of circle back and come back around the front and grab a picture <laughs> real quick or stuff. But it was good to see some fans. I, I didn't have a hat or just a generic shirt on there for a while. And somebody, I saw a couple of Logano fans walk by. I'd be like, "Go, Joey!" And, they, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I signed some. I signed the deck lid of off some old Junior Motorsports car this weekend. This guy. He's like he sent me a message and he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm here in his parking spot. Look like he got there at the end. He parked out by the intersection. He's like, I'm gonna bring this thing. I'm like, it's a whole deck lid of a car. He carried that thing all the way up to the gate. Oh, like a I thought you were talking about like a diecast. You're no, talking a about deck a deck lid. A deck lid. <laughs> and uh, it was cool, man. He had a lot of autographs on it and stuff. That's but cool. yeah, it's pretty neat. As much <laughs> you don't really go anywhere without somebody. Speaking of deck lid, uh, this weekend, Freddie on Jeb's car, you're gonna have old red. Old Red. Yeah, Old, Old Red. Red Blake's Bar uh, in Nashville and obviously all, all other places too. So Old Red's going to be on a freaking race car. That's awesome. 
You this know what would make that even better? Is it does it have a picture of a dog or something? Yeah, and a logo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What if we took like an old banana and stuck it in the dog's mouth the, or something? The, drew one, it on there. One of the best <laughs> t shirts I have is from Old Red and it what does it say? Getting tail? Remember we uh yeah. getting tail at Old Red or something like that. It was <laughs> yeah. it was uh it's pretty funny. If you're gonna be in Nashville, uh try to try to make your way into Old Red this weekend on Friday night. Freddie and I'll be in there. I'll be in there. Freddie will be at work. Uh, we'll be running around. May even see a cool surprise around 8, 45, 9 o'clock. So uh, if you're a fan, try to get in Old Red. I wish I could get you in. 8, 45, 9 o'clock what night? Friday night. Truck race. But Yeah, man. We, we should be. Truck race. What the? I'll be, I'll be there after. Uh, I don't know what time that'll be, but I'll be there afterwards. All right. Getting tail? Getting tail. <laughs> Megan will be there, so I hope so. You know? <laughs> You gonna park close? <laughs> yeah. Hey, making get some backseat loving. <laughs> After this break, Doug Kobe is joining us here on DBC. What's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like, I like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Jackass. What up? How are you? Good, good, good. You done getting phone calls and texts yet from all your new fans? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I'm getting a nice bump on uh, on Twitter, though, from the fan following. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm up uh, 1,500 followers in two days. That's because so that's that's we tweeted about it we on DBC. Keep on tweeting. I think that's how many <laughs> tweets I saw attached to us. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, you'd have got a lot more for you to hook Tony or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, he would have. I, I, I almost did when Marco decided to be the hero there. So Yeah, what was it like being, you know, being Marco's uh, <laughs> getting used up? <laughs> he's, he's used to it. Marco, did, he doesn't believe in eight stick better than four. Marco says 12 stick better than four, right? Oh, they stuck too. He sailed it in. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was. Uh, that was exciting. It was that was exciting. Yeah. I wasn't sure he was going to make the corner without cleaning all three cars out. So, uh, I, I'm going to take a little bit of credit for that, for realizing that there was a, a pizza. Sh- I was in the middle of the pizza wedge, so to say. <laughs> Tony was on one end and Marco was on the other, and I was the inside of the pizza. And I decided to make sure that uh, that we made it through. Well, if you haven't figured out yet, that's Doug Kobe. 
the big winner this week, SRX Series. I've uh, been a good friend of mine for a long time, so happy to have you on, buddy. Welcome in. DBC, first yeah, time. I'm, I'm surprised you guys didn't have me on sooner so I could share some uh, Freddy stories. I mean, you guys have all your all your cup stories. So about that, that mute Man. button, Jason, uh, where is that? How do we get this camera to shut off again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wealth of information about Freddy. So if you guys ever need more than just what you see on a daily basis, I could certainly add to that. For you. I will say, I mean, I got to thank you because you're the only reason why donors still in this room. So thank you for that. <laughs> we've, we've got, we've got extra help today because we got modified guys. On. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's it. That's donor it. being a cornfield right now, looking for a backstretch if it weren't for you. So, <laughs> so, so Doug, I got to ask you, like you're a champion. You've won a ton of races. Who calls you and invites you to this SRX series? Like who, who was that first person to reach out to you? Uh, Aaron Everham. No, kidding. <laughs> so, you know, Ray, uh, Ray reached out to me. He texted me and we, we actually text quite a bit about the modifieds because, you know, since NASCAR started doing the NBC sports, uh, broadcasts of the modified tour races and Ray was calling a lot of those shows for the last four years or so. Um, he would always text me to just ask about the race and see how my day went and see if there were any stories that came up in the race that he could, you know, talk about in the broadcast. Cause you know, they would, they would do the broadcast after the live race. So they would be watching it for the first time. And, uh, so just became friends with Ray, uh, you know, Aaron and I grew up racing together quarter midgets. So, um, just a natural connection there. And when, uh, when he, you know, dreamt up the SRX deal and he started talking about the local guys. He, you know, regularly, as, as soon as they started saying that Stafford was a track he would like to go to, then he started saying my name, Keith Rocco's name as drivers that he'd like to see in one of the cars. And, you know, I don't think that that process was, uh, I don't think they decided right away they were going to go with the local entrant. You know, I think that he had to pitch that I'm sure to CBS and, you know, George and Sandy and everybody else involved in, in the whole program, just to make sure that it was something that um, kind of fit what, what the national television audience would want to see. And uh, you know, when he, decided that he wanted to do it. He texted me, said, Hey, can we talk SRX real quick? So of course I was like, hell yeah, call me right now. And, uh, we talked, uh, you know, briefly about it. And he just told me that he wanted me to do it. That was you, kind you of his I, reaction for the show, wasn't it? When yeah. we were asking me, he's like, call me right <laughs> now. Me right now. <laughs> you, you and I met for yeah. beer a couple years ago and you were like, man, I want a shot to drive in the truck series. To me, you got that times 10 this weekend because you got national stage, national television, and you're racing against some of the best race car drivers in the world at various points in their career. Yeah, this is, this is obviously something totally different. And it's something that I never, I never expected that even this, this series would ever exist. You know, if you talk to me uh, a year and a half ago, a year ago, whatever, I mean, I, I didn't really think that something like this would be possible uh of course with what we were all dealing with with covid and trying to get racing done and all that stuff so um yeah i mean i don't know dude it's uh it's an interesting uh concept and to be included is is awesome and you know hopefully it leads to some more stuff i, I get it I'm, I'm an old guy nobody wants a 41 year old in a car but i told you brett i think a, a couple times you know nobody know a race car doesn't know how old the guy that's you know, turning the wheel and pushing the pedals is, you know, you don't have to be 18, 19 years old to do a good job in a race car. So, um, so we'll see, see where it goes. Talk about these cars. You know, this is the first race. Obviously, I don't think they even, they, ever, they never practiced them in a group. I don't think until the race, you know, the heat races on uh, Friday or Saturday, whenever that was. So just talk about how the cars drove. I talked to you a little bit about it. Just, you kind of, I know you 
described it like a modified with drove like a modified down a straightaway and a late model through the corners. Just uh, you know, it, how were they racing against each other? Uh, a little more difficult than I expected. I mean, we didn't even practice really around other cars, you know, at least I didn't get around other cars and there really wasn't a lot of practice time. So, you know, things working in my favor were number one, Stafford Speedway is a tremendously difficult track to get around uh, no matter who you are. I don't care if you're the best in the world, it's going to take some time to adapt and learn the little tricks about Stafford. And then they didn't get a whole ton of practice time. So, you know, we first practiced on Friday in the practice cars. So didn't even drive the car that I was running in the race until Saturday. And then on Saturday, um, I think we got eight laps of practice in our own cars. Um, so there, it's not like these guys were out there for hours and hours and hours. They really only had about 20 laps on the track before the heat races. And my car was great in practice. I knew that we were fast. I laid down a killer lap in practice. Um, and then just started playing around with it just to see, you know, what it, what it might want for adjustments and whatnot. Um, and then in the, the first heat race, I started 10th and, we fell in single file and then I was trying, you know, trying to see how the thing would respond being around other cars. And I was, I was pretty nervous because I really realized in that first heat race, maybe the first 10 laps or so that this was going to be a challenge to pass these guys, not only because, you know, the cars have so much horsepower that when somebody wiggles in front of you and you try to try to get that run up next to them, you wiggle the same way because it just applies too much power to the tires. You know, the tires are hard as rock. So they were, you know, it was tough to get them to come in. And then with no spotters, you know, and you couldn't even, you guys know, if somebody gets to the, to the, uh, to the right left rear tire in a heat race, you're going to tell them that the guy's inside. Well, you know, I got to Michael Waltrip's left rear tire a couple of times in the heat race and he was just driving his line and not giving a ton of room. So um, that was going to be a challenge. And I kind of realized that and knew going in a heat race too. I just wanted to win the thing and start up front for the features so that I could uh, kind of be in control. Freddie said, when you got the lead, he said, man, Doug's a guy that relies on a spotter when he gets in this scenario to manage his car, manage his tires, manage the lap times, manage the gap. Come on, he's going to, he's going to struggle. <laughs> he's he's going to struggle right here. Cause you he don't have a spotter. Next thing I know you're checked out seven car links gone. And the two laps later, they're all over you. And I'm like, well, damn, Freddie knows what he's talking about. Did you miss <laughs> having a spotter or did you enjoy it? Uh, I like a spotter because I just like to know what's going on. Um, I like information. Good answer. I just answer. like to know. <laughs> Great who's answer. <laughs> who's passing, who's passing for second, you know, um, my spotter, Brian Sullivan, uh, on the tour, he, uh, he gives me good information about somebody who's opening up their entry and maybe getting a good run. Uh, or if I, what I'm doing is all I need to do to maintain the gap. And that, that helps, um, the mirrors and the cars were certainly big enough to be able to see where everybody was. Um, so I could tell if somebody was closing in or, uh, getting a, a good run or off to my outside. So that wasn't a big deal. Um, fortunately for me, I did, I did have direct communication with, uh, Mike Beam, my crew chief <laughs> for the day. And, you know, he wasn't being a spotter, but he was, he was, had me and Labonte and, uh, Tony Kanan all together. Um, I think on different channels, I don't even really know, but I was out front. So he was, you know, obviously more concerned with me winning the race. And I had direct communication with him. So he actually kind of gave me some lap times as the race was going on. Good. Uh, kind of had a little bit of a pseudo spotter in a sense, <laughs> but it helped because I mean, he and I were strategizing on what to do, you know, and, and how hard to push the thing. So it helped a little bit. Um, but man, he was an awesome, awesome asset for the week and uh, certainly awesome to develop a, a new relationship with yes. a guy like him. You know? Speaking of spotters, I have one very important question. 
There we go. How? <laughs> the, no, this is not that question yet. How <laughs> did you get Brett Griffin to spot a modified race? How? And why? I don't know I don't what know. this costs. This must have cost a load of money or something. Start, I don't know. Let's start with why. <laughs> <laughs> well, the why was because uh, I knew Freddie was spotting, and you know, Freddie, you would usually be my go-to for you know something <laughs> You're further such a liar. away. And, and, and <laughs> after after our last few performances, I was thinking there. I'm like, man, you know, Brian can't go. I got to get a spotter. You know, who might be in the area to begin with? And started thinking about like, okay, you know, maybe some of the cup spotters or Xfinity spotters will be there. And I was like, well, let me see what what Freddie's got going on. And I know if Freddie is doing it, he'll have somebody else that he'll find for me because you always do. And uh, then I was like, nah. I was like, I got to come up with a better plan. Who would Freddie be ultimately pissed at if I had spotting for me and we went out? There? <laughs> And at the time, you guys were doing that that T-shirt deal where Freddie's like, ah, send me a T-shirt. I want free stuff, so I'll wear it on the show if you guys send it to me. And then I was like, ah, I know what I'll do. I'll surprise him, and I'll send Brett some stuff. And Brett can be like, look at, look at this T-shirt. I this is how this went down, by the way. It was, uh, it was a little bit planned, Freddie, more so around knowing you and knowing that you'd be yeah, like, I'm sure. Heck, how the hell are you spotting with Brett? And I was hoping, Brett, that we could have pulled that off so that you could be like, well, Freddie, you've spotted for Doug about 35 times and you finished, you know, 20th or worse every time. <laughs> and, you know, we spotted one and went out and won the thing. But we did good. It was So fun. Doug is the only driver in my life or only team that has ever banned me from spotting because we would look like we, randomly like we would I'd be in Connecticut or something and he'd be like, hey, I need and a guy. Freddie, wait, wait. But we banned you for on track activity. Yeah, yeah. On track only. On track. Uh, but we literally could not finish a race. Like we would, I think we probably led every race I ever spotted for Doug and something happened. Something broke. I think we finished second at Stafford one night, got disqualified. Like nothing ever went right for us for whatever reason. And Doug's finally like, that's it, man. I'm sorry. You're just never spotting for me again. I was like, I don't, I don't blame you. I don't want to. You know, when, when you spotted for Jimmy all those years, you would be penalized 10 laps down, wrecked in the pits, and then all of a sudden, four to go, Jimmy's laying a bumper on somebody, and you guys like, yeah, we're awesome, we just won again, and I'm like, what the hell, I lead like 140 laps of a 150-lap race with you, and then 10 to go, someone bulldozes me into the fence or something like that, you know? So, I don't know, it's We've never had- meant to be, but... Uh, you know, Brett, I uh, appreciate you coming up to Martinsville. And I know that, you know, spot and modified was, was hopefully pretty cool for you, especially with the, the three tire stop and all. That stuff. <laughs> Dude, when y'all call for three tires. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I, I can't like, even guys, I'm done. I'm out of here. I can't. I'm at the wrong anymore. track. Didn't it rain? <laughs> Wasn't it rainy? Uh, oh yeah. I can promise you that he was like, when it was raining and delaying and stuff, he's probably like, I did, why did the hell did I do this modified? No, man, I wanted to do it, and it was awesome to do it with you. So, uh, no, But the way he laid it out, it literally was, hey, will you do it? And I was like, yeah, man, I'll do it. He's like, well, I'm not sure I can afford you. And I was like, I, I'm not worried about the money. I, I want to do it. And he's like, oh, we're going to f*** with Freddie on this one. So, good <laughs> good stuff. It, right? I, I figured that was the case. So, so you win on Saturday night. You beat Tony Stewart, Greg Biffle, who finished second third behind you. What do you do on a Monday, Doug? Uh, it's pouring rain here in Connecticut, and uh, I had a new real estate listing come on the market this morning, so I had to go up there and get a lockbox set and put a sign up and all that crap. And, you know, uh, later today I have uh, funeral services for my friends. So, uh, you know, Monday is kind of a gloomy day, and I'm hanging out with you guys for a little bit. And uh, pretty much afternoon today I'm kind of shutting off the media uh, just to focus on family and friends for the next couple of days. And, uh 
you know, everybody asked me at the track, even the guys that I, you know, Stuart and Paul Tracy and those guys, uh, they're like, Oh, is, you know, are you full-time racing? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> come, uh, you know, the day in my life is, uh, going back to work and trying to make money like anybody else and getting ready for uh, riverhead next Saturday. I think that's a cool part of the story. I mean, you're still a normal guy who just so happened to go out and kick some of the best race car drivers asses in the world like that's insane a lot of the modified tours like that though right like a lot of them just regular regular guys on the week and race on the weekends right yeah ryan priest the only guy as far as i know full-time i mean you know matt hirschman when he's helping he's obviously involved with his racing business full-time so you know there are some modified guys that work in a racing capacity full-time and then they go race um some of you know timmy salamito obviously lettering cars and all that stuff i mean but those are we're small business owners you know a lot of us and that's how we have the time to go race um and i don't know anybody that's you know full-time uh driver other than ryan you know when he you know is doing all this stuff so i think when i worked what was when i I worked with zegety a little bit and he was like a probably oil man delivering oil or something fuel yeah 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 I can't He's believe been there since he was 20, you know. I can't believe I tried to warn you about that flag, and I can't believe you didn't hear me all the way from Texas. Uh, you should have yelled louder, dude, because <laughs> uh, that was – so you guys know those cars have that, that, that latch. Kind of, it's, not, yeah. it's the latch door, and, yeah. and the I want to say that the door is about a foot wide. I mean, it's really wide. And so I'm obviously small enough to get in and out without the latch, but – Underneath the latch is a, a stable platform that they built for you to sit on and whatnot. And I thought originally that the door, uh, it's just fiberglass body and it's just got the little latch there. I thought maybe it bent when I stood on it. And then somebody said to me, no, the flag was there. And I was like, you're freaking right. I remember seeing the flag. And I was like, I'm not going to pick up the flag right now. I'll get it afterwards. And, of course, I stepped on the flag. So <laughs> you're climbing I, can count, I knew I could count on you guys to bring that up. And, you know, I, <laughs> well, I look at it this way, you know. You fall down, you get back up. Like, haha, maybe Doug, that's the like- problem. Is Freddie is sitting at a bar and we're watching this on TV, and he literally says, Oh, you better watch out for that flag. And I'm like, What are you talking about? And it wasn't two <laughs> seconds later, and you busted your ass and fell out of the race car. Yeah, man. It, and I'll tell you what, it, it was like one of those things where I, I generally don't like to be embarrassed like that kind of stuff. And usually my embarrassment comes, I, my voice will crack sometimes. And I'm like, Oh, man, my voice cracked. <laughs> Um, something stupid like that. And I never counted on falling out of the car on national TV. So, um, you know, it is what it is. You know, it, it sucks. You know, Brad Keselowski, Keselowski tweeted something like, you know, man, it happens. It sucks. It's on national TV, but it's happened to me. It's happened to whoever. And it's like, whatever, you know, I don't care. I just beat freaking Greg Biffle, Tony Stewart and Elio on my home track. I don't I care if that's, I fell. I'll I fall, think that's the I'll way everybody again, looked you know? at it, man. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't Reddick, when Tyler Reddick won the Xfinity championship, I he, think he, he did a burnout, and the flag got caught in the left rear tire. Didn't he? Didn't it? Something. Didn't it rip it up? Yeah. He got out, and went to hold the flag, and he's like, "Oh, it's gone. Like it's shredded." So maybe you can do some backflips like Carl used to do, or something. Nah. I don't. Uh, listen, if I tried to backflip, it would have looked just like that. So I mean, just, let's just say I tried to backflip, and that's what happened. Talk to me about. So obviously, we see the ratings come out. One point three million viewers watching you win that race on Saturday, but. More importantly to you, I would think, knowing you as long as I have, I mean, you could, I don't know if you could hear it or not, but when you took the lead Saturday, that place went a And then when you jumped on that roof, it went a all over again. Just talk to me about that moment because I know that hit home for you pretty hard. 
Yeah, for sure. I think like 50% of that was the, due to the fact that half the people there were, were like normal race fans and they don't go to the tour races and boo me when I get out or, <laughs> you know, we leave when there's five to go and we just led the whole race or something crazy. But, you know, that feeling is something that you can't explain and you, you never know what to expect. I mean, I know they were there to see Tony Stewart and Elio and Bill Elliott got crazy cheers and, and all those guys, you know, they're, they're legends and they're people who I would want to go watch race. Um, and, I guess just the support that short trackers give to each other, you know, Josh Berry is a great example of, you know, all of us rallying behind the cause and it doesn't matter who you are. If you get a chance to race against Xfinity guys, cup guys, older cup guys, open wheel guys, whoever it is, it's something crazy about being a short tracker and kind of, you know, holding the torch for that day. And if you do pretty good, it's like, man, you know, look who did good. Ryan Priest wins in a, in a Joe Gibbs car. Uh, Josh Berry goes out there and, and proves that he can go out as a great short track racer. And then you start giving, you know, you get a guy like me following up Josh's act. And it's like, now you have to start thinking, maybe just maybe if you took 20 of the best short trackers from late models and uh, sprint cars and modifieds and, and anything, super late models, anything, maybe if you just put 20 of us on the track together, you might have a pretty cool product to watch as we battled it out. And um, that's kind of the most exciting thing for me about this whole deal is that here we are another big stage and another short tracker just happens to be me gets to put on a little bit of a show and uh, make race fans happy. And, and that's really what racing is supposed to be about. A lot of personalities in this field, a lot of egos, big egos in this field. I know some of these guys pretty well. Who did you kind of cling to the most as far as like a camaraderie perspective? Uh, well, they had a couple of RVs set up for driver lounges and they just randomly, you know, paired us. There were five of us in, you know, one just to hang out, get away from people, get changed, grab a water and just, you know, especially for those guys, cause they get mobbed wherever they go. Um, so, you know, Tony and I got to spend a ton of time together chatting. It was me, uh, Biffle, Tony, Paul Tracy, uh, Tony Kanan, all in one, uh, you know, RV and you just never know when you're going to walk in and who's in there. And so, you know, of course, the first time I walk in, you know, Tony Kanan and Paul Tracy are sitting there just chatting and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> like, Hey, nice <laughs> to meet you guys. <laughs> and uh, it was cool. I mean, those guys were awesome. Every single one of them. I don't, I don't know necessarily know their careers inside and out and who they fought with and who has egos about what and what they accomplished. But talk about to me, just a, a down to earth group of guys who were there to have fun and all of them asked questions about the modifieds, about the SKs who were there, the tour mods that were there, whether I was racing on Friday nights so that they could watch. And I had to explain to them, you know, that Chase was up at Oswego running my car with the spec motor in it. And I couldn't run the spec motor at Stafford Friday. So um, they were genuinely interested in my career and, um, you know, you know, sending me messages after the fact. So these guys weren't just like one and done, like, oh, you're the local guy. See you later. We're off to Knoxville. I mean, they're they're interested in what's going on in short track racing. And that's why they signed up to do this. So every single one of them uh, was a pleasure to meet and chat with. And of course, they wanted the the tips to get around Stafford. <laughs> so uh, did my best to try to help them. You know, Michael Waltrip was like, hey, he's like, called me over in the morning, uh, Friday morning. He was in his RV. Uh, literally had just woken up, you know, bedhead, all sorts of stuff. And he's like, Hey, come here. And I'm like, who's, he's like, Doug, Doug. And I'm like, who's calling my name. And he's in the, the door of his camper. And he's like, come over here. And I'm like, okay. So he's like starting to ask about practice and, you know, what do you think about my lap times? What do you think about how I can improve? And we just had a 20 minute long conversation about Stafford and, uh, all sorts of 
Sounds ways like you to need get to explain uh, when you, when you're inside of them next time down the end of the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we didn't get that far. You know, like the, that might be like chapter four of the conversation, I guess. About, like, what to do when I'm tucked underneath your left rear tire to, to make sure you don't spin Those out. Those cars look like they yeah. had pretty square bumpers, man. You and they didn't look like they were made of glass, so. Well, the problem is, you know, anytime you get in a, a car that's got a, a, a nose like that curves down and you got a radiator hanging out there, I'm not interested in even testing whether I get the bumper, you know, screwed up in the car, get underneath the guy in front of me and, and damage the radiator. So I didn't really use it too much. I would rather use the, the doors and just <laughs> door slam them than, than use the Marco. <laughs> All right. Well, man, good deal. We, uh, we're honestly honored to have you on. I've been wanting to have you on anyway, so it's cool. Oh, come coming on, off. man. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say this is the biggest win of your career, but for me it's the coolest win of your career because of the guys that you beat. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, uh, I've had a good couple weeks getting my first career win at Riverhead in the tour car, and uh, then obviously this opportunity. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit nervous about how was I going to adapt to the car? I haven't been in a full-bodied car at Stafford in 20 years. You know, last time I raced a full-bodied car at Stafford was 2000, uh, and that's when I ran my pro stock there. So uh, I didn't know how it was going to go. I didn't know how the car was going to handle, how hard the tires were going to be. And uh, luckily, it just worked out. And, and I will say that my experience at Stafford and uh, all the tour races and learning how to save my equipment and ride out front and just – manage the race was was ultimately what won it for me um and i had a lot left in the tank so i was kind of hoping that if those guys were saving and tried to throw something at me that i could be like oh okay that's all you got so uh you know thank you guys for having me on uh i was wondering if i'd ever get a shot to come in and i guess it just takes, <laughs> guess it just takes beating the superstars at my home track to get the invite but that's I all it takes it. we like winning. Yeah, that's all it takes you know small small accomplishment <laughs> but i appreciate you guys so much and uh you know i know you guys are short track fans and do everything you can as a group of spotters to uh let everybody know that there's some awesome short trackers out there and i'm just happy to be included in that bunch i can't let you go yet you got to tell us one good freddie story that we might not know i mean there's freddie one. shut up <laughs> <laughs> well it can I mean, be most, like we can beep out whatever we need to beep out just make it real good man freddie do they know the story about the toter home nope i wanted you to bring <laughs> that one say, up you that, could, that's the one i wanted you to you tell. Tell, i mean so talk a minute about don first you know and what he meant to you a little bit maybe and then we can tell the don story well i don't i don't want waterworks here on your show I here well, I, i'm i'd probably have no, it myself so, but so don king passed away this week he was my first tar tour car owner uh gave me my first chance to move up from sks at stafford to cut to the touring stage and i drove for him full-time for two years uh we separated ways became best friends pretty much as soon as we separated and i'm like part of their family and uh freddie and his daughter christy we all hung out all the time uh we uh, don, not hit not freddie's not daughter, Freddy's daughter. Yeah. Don's daughter Christy. i was we gonna ask, wait a minute we, we hold party. up <laughs> we we partied and we had a good time and of course you know freddie being the spotter it was like you know freddie like at the time i mean freddie not for nothing but you were <laughs> you were jimmy's spotter you were you know long island guy and you were like the life of the party at the tour races and and we knew that you were having fun spotting and then having more fun and we're always <laughs> the last guy you know standing even if you were wobbling you're still much standing. changed honestly <laughs> um, so the story guys this is going to take a little bit of time but the story is don king gets this beautiful new toter home and stacker hauler and the king family always just came to the races with a chevy dually and a, a gooseneck and don wanted to upgrade and you know that's an bring a backup part of the races uh and you got a stacker and i i i wouldn't even think 
Freddie, I don't even think I was driving that I don't race. Think you was were I? Yeah, I, I was just hanging out and needed a place to stay. So, so did Freddie. So we're all staying in the, the Toter home with Don. And, you know, so we've got people packed in the Toter home, various places, just like racers do. And at <laughs> Freddie, Freddie had been, you know, consuming some beverages earlier and was out quite late and managed to find it into the Toter home just fine. And it's like, man, you know, everything's awesome because Freddie made it back and everybody's sleeping. And I was up in the top bunk. Uh, Don was on the pullout couch right below me. And Freddie was on the, uh, the dining table. That was the, the, the bed, bed yeah. right behind Don. And I'm facing like sleeping, facing out. And about, I think it was about two 33 AM, maybe three 30. I opened my eyes and Freddie's eye to eye with me. I'm up on that top bunk and he's standing right there and he's not looking at me. He's just standing right there. And I'm thinking to myself, what the f- is freddie doing right now and about two seconds later i start to hear what sounds like rain and i'm like why is freddie standing near me why is it rain no and then i'm like oh god i close my eyes i'm like freddie's pissing in the toter home the brand new toter home home. the brand new toter i'm talking the first trip i'm thinking to myself please don't let this don't let this be happening no sooner than I thought that five seconds later, the lights, every single light gets flipped on and Don stands up. Ask, What's Don doing? Freddy, what the f- are you doing in my new toter home? He's standing there pissing, finishes. He's pissing in the in the trash can, by the way. So he's at least getting it in something. I've seen that before. And, and of course, of course, Don's pissed off and he goes and sits down and puffs down in the in the couch and I, and we're all popping up we're like oh freddie go back to bed freddie go back to bed and freddie's last thing before he goes back to bed is he looks at don and he gets right up to his face like this two inches from his face and he goes you guys want me to kick his ass <laughs> and then he waddles back over to his bed falls over and he's done for the night so uh of course you know freddie i don't know if you wanted me to go into all that detail <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite Freddy story of all time. Uh, you know, I'll bet Don was ups. mad. The The only reason we oh. can tell that story is because of how Don, how great Don King was when he should have just murdered me on the spot. <laughs> he did and invited me to his beach, uh, you know, cottage multiple times after that. I mean, just what a great guy he was. And, uh, did you piss there too? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Trash can or toilet? <laughs> uh, the the yeah, funny part I was... Think you, I think you made it outside for all those, but the, man... Just Freddie and I go go way back with the modifieds, obviously, and you know uh, specific stories. That's just one, and just uh, kind of shows you kind of the person Don was, uh, forgiving, uh, appreciated his friends, knew we all made mistakes, and uh, you know certainly going to miss him and uh, celebrate his life the next couple days. And uh, you know, last Saturday was really important for me to uh, give a shout out to him and his family and help with the healing process of you know he just lost him last week, and um, that's. That's pretty much it. You know, it, it stinks, but the memories and the stories that we have, it's something that we'll tell for years. So uh, as crazy as it was when it happened, I'm happy to share that one. Yeah, for sure, buddy. I know you got a tough couple days coming here, so uh, tell Shelly, Christy, I said hey, and uh, have a good day. I will, for sure. Hey, thanks, Doug, thanks Thank for coming you. on, brother. Good to see you. Let's yeah. have a beer again awesome. soon. Yep, thanks for yeah, coming thanks, on, guys. man. guys. I appreciate Congratulations it. Congratulations again. Thank you. See you, brother. Later, buddy. Yeah, man. I, I tell you what's cool about this thing is, like Matthew Dillner standing behind me, I'm going to give him credit, Kevin Harvick. We heard those guys. I mean, Matthew devotes his life now to finding lost racetracks. Kevin has said a couple of years ago, I think it was in the media, we've got to do more to help our short tracks 
That's what this SRX is doing. It's putting the spotlight on six of the best short tracks in the country right now. So you got to give a shout-out to Tony, Ray Evernham, guys like Doug Kobe that are getting a shot for it to do that. For it to, it, I mean, because, TJ, that's, where, that's why you love racing. That's why I love racing. That's why Freddie loves I it's, was super It's where excited. we all come from. I was super excited to watch short track race. And there's a big variance in drivers there. You know, some – fairly current and really good still and some guys you know that just they haven't been racing in a while but still their personalities are what attracts them you know and you want to you want to see them race but you also want to hear what they have to say too you know just as much i don't think this is anything this is not here to compete with anything that we're doing at all like there's it's not even you know this is kind of like a i don't i don't know what the correct term is for it but it's just like a fun event. You know, it's like, hey, and I think it's cool that they're going to these local tracks like what they are, not, you know, not the big show, not not the cans, you know, not not the big tracks, mile and a half, things like that, but they're going to these little local short. That place was packed. It was packed. I hope it gets Doug Kobe an opportunity to go drive a truck or something like that at a short track because, A, he deserves it, B, he's good enough, and C, like when you look at Nice Motorsports and GMS and some of those guys that have needed – substitute drivers why not give this guy a shot he's on top of the world right I, now that's why i mean i'm i'm a bit big advocate advocate for short tracks but if we go to the nashville fairgrounds in a couple of years how do we uh, we're probably going to see a guy like willie allen who's ran a million laps here in a late model and probably going to be pretty competitive in a truck that's, there or something. that's kind of what we was getting at here you know previous shows i can't remember when it was exactly but we talked about the truck series schedule i love a truck race and i there. said you know have a truck you know take these trucks to places that have weekly racing you know stafford Nashville. oh like it started you know, yeah like oh. it started yeah and then you could have a guy like doug get in a truck at, at i mean if, it, if well, that's doug, what they did if doug jumps in a truck at stafford he's gonna run top 10 i don't care i don't even care what truck you put him in yeah i agree you know and and that's just an opportunity i think they're missing where they can take these local guys i mean and that place went nuts when doug took the lead and yeah. it's just because he's a local guy and everybody was there to see him outrun all them superstars so you know, I think they're missing the boat there. Missing a really good opportunity to take the I truck series back. I would like to see back. him. And you know, obviously, Biffle still Biffle was a badass. Biffle's and, a badass. Tony Stewart's still a badass. Yeah, and Bobby too, right there. I would like to see a guy like like Doug race in a truck against current current badasses too. Like yeah. races every week, you know. Yeah. And I want to see what Doug does when you know Sheldon Creed rolls on there and gives him a shot in the bumper and sends him a track. What's Doug? You know, I can tell you what Doug would do. I, <laughs> I've heard stories, so. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I want to see that though. You know, that's I want to priest put priest in a truck at one of them tracks too, man. Priest is running this week, I think. Uh, yeah, Nashville, but they're running the big. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, I want to see yeah. these guys short go to track. these. I want to see these guys go to short tracks and, and and beat fenders with local guys. That I want to see what Doug does when he gets a chance. If Doug lines up second in a green white checker or something, and he or third, you know, and he gets a shot at, what's he going to do? How exciting would that be? Yeah, shout out to Doug for joining us, man. SRX, cool product. We enjoyed it. Entertaining event. Yeah, entertaining, great for short tracks, so I love it. It's now time for Reaction Theater. I may be from the great white north and not quite in tune with everything that goes on with you guys down south, but I didn't know you were allowed to pass on pit road. Like that 54 in the Xfinity race, flat out drove around the seven car. Like what the f is that? 
Did you guys see that? Yeah, I was. I just saw a guy out there in the shop. I we should ask him about it. Like, dude, what's wrong? I don't know who set the. Did you see it? I did not see. Dude, it. He set, came out the behind 54 him. Drove by him. Turned, pulled out, and drove around him, and got clear before the end of pit road. Well, the reality is we can pass on pit yeah, road. You, we if, just have to enter pit road single file. So yes, guy in the great white north. Um, unfortunately, you don't know the rules. You can pass on pit road. You just have to enter pit road as long as you're file. not speeding. When you say the Great White North, are we talking like North Pole? I would say Canada? probably sounded like Minnesota-ish. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> Forgot I had a nominee for uh, what an idiot uh, this week. The SRX broadcaster, I, I forget her name, Danica, maybe. Perhaps you guys have heard of her. She didn't know that Bill Elliott's name uh, nickname was awesome bill god i i wonder if she even knows that bill is chase's dad good <laughs> lord what an idiot danica what an idiot i said this to brett like i was yeah, when we were I watching it, it and i was like there's I, I was like surely she's kidding right i guess not no and listen she didn't grow up on the stock car side of things at all though but still i know i mean how do you the guy has a nintendo game the after guy was him. the how most popular driver for 74 years in a row and probably still would be if yeah. he was there <laughs> so yeah but yeah holy hell tj chase elliott's blocking better than you are won't belong to you ain't good at oh and greg biffle in the srx 69 car nice <laughs> Listen, you, like he don't have to block. So I mean, yeah, it's pretty easy not to block in that situation. My what an idiot award goes to Fox last race of the year, All Star race, and it's on FS1 with the fucking dog show on Fox. Put the bullshit <laughs> on Animal Planet and give me the race on Fox. <laughs> he, he ain't wrong. What was on the? Was it really a dog show? Like, or was it yeah. like the Westminster dog yes, show? Yes, it was. I, I saw it in the truck. Yeah, it was on. <laughs> he, he's not wrong. Listen, no, but he's it not was wrong. like the 74th annual Westminster dog show, though. So that's awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to go back and find it. Yeah, I'm going to go record it right now. Yeah. All star race, no passing, racing sucked. The event was a joke, 115 degrees. No coolers, $8 bottles of water, Sammy Hagar playing I Can't Drive 55 on the front stretch, on the pace laps. Now, come on, is this what we've come to? Has NASCAR destroyed the All-Star Race this bad? Uh, yep. The People want last lap passes like every single year in the All-Star Race, and if it doesn't happen, it sucks, basically. You mean we can't have a pass in the grass every time? Or well, you can't put, you know, Dell Jr. can't pit from 15th and put tires on. Everyone stays out in front of him and he drives around him and makes it <clears throat> super entertaining. You know, that's not going to happen every year. I, I'm going to tell you this. I'm at home and I'm watching this on television just like all the millions of listeners that we've got. And it looked like to me that Fox was trying too hard in that pre-race. One, one minute we got Jeff Gordon trying to throw a rope around a steer. Well, there's no chance in hell that's going to happen, so that looks stupid. <laughs> but what you think is going to look funny, yeah, it doesn't. It looks stupid, right? So um, I just think they were trying too hard. And, and, and I agree. I would have much rather it got on Fox. And if that was Jeff Gordon's last race in the booth, they should have done something special for him. Like, I mean, obviously we're not privy to all those things yet. But um, the Sammy Hagar thing, man, I was all about it when it started. It turns into a 13-minute song, and then the minute they stop, it's green flag. And I'm like, 
Well, I didn't even know we were going green. So it's a lot. It's a lot to follow. It caught. It was weird because they're like, "All right, one to go to line," and they're showing him playing, and he's in the grandstand. So we're all kind of like, "Where's this guy at down here?" And he's literally right below us. And I'm like, are "We having a concert? Or are we racing here?" And it's like I didn't know. It was just really weird. Like the every time that I hear that feel, song, I can try fifty five. Yeah. The first thing I think about is that time Kyle Busch got pulled over on Perth Road running one hundred thirty. Every time I hear so, that song, I think about Danny speeding on Pitt I Road. That's what pops <laughs> in my mind. Every time I hear that song, I'm like Kyle Busch on know. Perth Road. You have to. You guys will have to tell Lambert should sing that song to Danny every time he speeds. It's <laughs> if are these are if these are really the lyrics. This was one of the. Worst songs. Did you see this Weaver tweet? No, I didn't see the tweet. Weaver tweets this, and it's quote, so I'm assuming it's lyrics from the song. Well, there's too much traffic. I can't pass. No. When I drive that slow, it's hard to steer, and I can't get my car out of second gear. <laughs> what used to take two hours now takes all day. Well, that's pretty fitting for that race, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> It's too much traffic. I can't pass. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big Van Halen fan, so I was enjoying it right until yeah. this was a remix version, and it kept going and going and going. <laughs> I don't know how long. I mean, I looked down, looked Long at time. it for a minute, and then I was I started looking. All right, we're I, coming to green, so I lost focus on the. I couldn't believe. Like, they were, they literally, the song was playing. You were green, and the song was still playing. Yeah. Like, they cut from you, and they, they were to start, like. Green flag. When he was done, they were at the start finish line, like on TV. It was a lot. <laughs> I did, like. The, the stage setup, how they came out of the doors and stuff. And I thought it was kind of cool that they came out, the cars came out of like a like a gate that, you know, a bull would come out of or something. Yeah. I thought that was actually Dude, pretty I cool. Dude, I love that too. I'm glad Dry Rentros was back. Yeah, it was neat. I, I love that. Yeah. Same. Freddie, what another terrible day for your season. You and Bubba need to get it together. Y'all suck. Come on, man. Come on. Every week, Toyota... Gibbs equipment, get it the sh- together. Let's go, man. Come on. Well, he's right. We suck Saturday. Hell of a pep talk, Freddie. Sunday, you ready? Day it was. You ready, Freddie, for Nashville after that yeah. talk? Hey, we've had we before. I don't know what he's talking about before that because we've had some really good runs leading up to that. So we'll continue to build off of that. We uh, real quick, we were lining up. We had three, two cars behind us, maybe three cars behind us, or maybe one. Hell, I don't know. Clearly. At the end there, at the end there, like the before the last run, I'm like, all right, man. Well, we're coming back to the green here. I told you, I'm like, we got him right where we want him, man. Let's go get him. <laughs> <laughs> he started laughing. I mean, at some point, you know, it's just not your day, and you just, you know, the car struggling a little bit and stuff. But we ended up making something out of it still. So come out of there fourth was like a win for us. Yeah, no kidding. Fucking Joey Logano, you arrow blocking mother, blocking his own fucking teammate for the win. TJ, get your boy's head f***ing straight and drive out front out instead of out of the f***ing mirror. We didn't win anything. What the hell is he talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> we never even got to the lead. <laughs> yeah, that's just one of them guys. It's all Joey's fault. It's one of them guys. Kyle Larson wins again. Boy, I tell you, I'm getting a little bit concerned about old Caitlin. She might end up with a beer belly shotgunning all these beers in Bixby Lane. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Oh. That is funny. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, that's good. To leave an audio message 24-7, go to anchor.fm backslash clear and click the message icon. We'll play the best ones each week on the show. Offer pad question of the week. 
Young Harrison Burton raised the offer bed colors over the weekend at Texas. I was wondering what's one piece of advice you guys would give to young people looking to buy their first home? One piece of advice. TJ, you go first. One piece of advice I would give to somebody buying their first home. Uh, I mean, make it what you want, man. Find the house that makes you excited. You know that you want to, you know, it's an exciting process for your first house. I mean, Freddie went through it. We've all been through it and, and, uh, it's fun, man. Just make it a, make it a fun experience. Don't stress out about it. Yeah. Explore all your options. You know, I, I went into it thinking I was going to buy a, a house and didn't think I was in any, in any kind of position to build my own house. And, uh, you know, that was just like that option was put on the table in front of me and I was like, wow. I, I can do that. It's going to be everything. We got to pick everything we wanted. So now, you know, if you had that option, you know, take it. But it, just go in there, explore all options, keep your mind open. Take your household income, multiply it times three, and at least buy that amount of house. Go more if you can, if you got enough down payment. And then location, location, location. If you do those two things, you'll make money. Go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. that time again where we discuss our favorite xfinity x5 more than fast moments whether you're on or off the track speed isn't the only thing you need what were your favorite more than fast moments this week my more than fast moment is how fast randy the plumber could talk in his twitter video which also got denny hamlin's attention and denny hamlin said your racetracks need to let coolers back in so that he's hands down my xfinity x5 more than fast i'll tell you my more than fast moment we just spoke about on here was kyle bush driving around the seven car on pit road during the Xfinity race to get the lead. Uh, I can't remember the last time I've seen that happen. So that's my more than fast moment. Man, there's a, there was a lot of fast things in Texas, but I got to go with, uh, my more than fast moments going to be the hard eight barbecue line. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to wait. I didn't have to wait too long in line. Does that count Jason? Does that have to be on track? Uh, give us an on track one too. I'll tell you, my more, my more than fast moment was not Whataburger. I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, you know, I gotta, I'll give it to my driver, Joey, for lining up with two cars behind him with 15 laps to go and ended up fourth in that race. So I thought TJ's more than fast moment was going to be how fast Kyle Larson has adapted to this package. <laughs> it is not him <laughs> adapting to this package. It is. I just thought for sure that would win it for listen, you. <laughs> listen, if you put Kyle Larson – in a Ganassi car right now, he's going to win all these races. He's going to win some he, of them. He, he's going to be. He might be in contention, but he's not going to be leading 399 out of 400 <laughs> laps. So, listen, those guys and nothing again. Man, they did their homework. Man, they they're on top of the world right now. So, congrats to them. And you know, it's it's always a fun time when you're working for a company like that too. I mean, but you got to enjoy it because it might be. To, you never know when your last win's going to be. And you, you just, so you got, that's why these wins are all important. You win a race, you, you got to celebrate it, man, because yeah, you might win next week, but it almost, it also might be two years before you win another race. Never you know. just never know. Here on DBC, being more than fast is a way of life. Thankfully, there's plenty of weekly action for our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You know what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. With the speed for all your devices, you also get the reliability and security that keeps your crew connected and protected. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments, and don't forget to vote for your favorites. Thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. 
Parker, what an idiot. Always a lot of candidates. Brett, who you got? Man, when we watched it live and Freddie said, oh, watch out for that flag, Doug. It was going to be <laughs> Doug Kobe. But then I got to thinking, well, this plumber guy, he ain't wrong for saying these people should be able to bring coolers into the stands. And then it just comes down to this, how freaking hot I was on Saturday. Do not try to hold a race in the middle of a day in the south with 100% humidity, 90-plus temperatures. If we're going to race in the summer in the south, we got to race at night. Whoever said, let's do a doubleheader on Saturday in the middle of the day, what an idiot. My what idiot is, I, re- I retweeted that video. I, I got it from Braden McMahon, but – that guy at Placerville running across the track with that dirt car, with that sprint car coming. Oh my gosh! What an idiot! Yeah. Like, and the 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 my what an idiot moment is he? Like, I feel like he looks over his shoulder and he's like, "Wasn't it a kid?" Oh, I'm good. No, I think it was uh, somebody said it was somebody's crew chief. Uh, it was it was an older guy. Um, oh my god! But gosh. I mean, and I'm talking narrowly escapes death right there. Luckily, the guy Shoot. saw him and lifted just in the right time, and he kept digging. And got up over that banking, which I saw in a uh, sunshine and, and Wyndham and sunshine's like, man, that guy was hauling ass because that banking's a lot higher than it looks in that video. Like in person, it's yeah, a, it's pretty steep. Yeah, you're, I didn't even think about that. So he said, I mean, but wow, that, I mean, there, that was an idiot. I don't know that I'll ever top that. That might be my wood idiot Hall of Fame right there. Man, I've got I've got quite a list of <laughs> of people too my under you know besides like Mike Davis now and. Um, I got to go with uh, – here's what happened, though. You you started Mike Davis Sucks on this show. And, and I it, did? It, oh, yeah. Mike uh, Davis Sucks. You it started now. You started at season one on the show. Did I? And it got a ton of traction. I don't think I started it. Somebody probably made a clip of it, and then I just went with and we, it. And we, it, was, it was all over social media, Mike Davis Sucks. And now all we get is TJ Sucks. Actually, it's backed off quite a bit lately. So yeah, people love you It's again. been about three weeks. Just wait till Joey wrecks someone this week. It, no, just wait until we pass someone that's very popular. And then, pass you know. The, pass the nine and see what um, happens. So who's your what an idiot? I'm going to go with, uh, with the – Veteran truck driver uh, Matt Crafton for totally just trying to wreck somebody like purposely down the back stretch and uh, for no reason because Who did you try to wreck Haley oh, so yeah. Was you. yeah and first of all first laps on the track were green flag again no practice kind of holding her own a little bit and in the way a little bit the first few laps but I mean she doesn't even know where to lift yet you know what I mean so he goes by us on the outside knocks the right side door handle off on the way by totally unnecessary. You're going to easily go by. And then, um, we're three wide off a of turn two. She's passing two trucks on, on, she's on the inside. And I see the eight that come with spring. I'm like, all right, Haley, just protect the bottom. So you can hit the bottom on the next corner. They can go wherever they want. I don't care if there's three outside, you're just going to stay on the bottom here. He goes all the way to the apron almost. And she doesn't give him room to come back up. And he goes into three, like on the apron, which to me is look, if you're going to go down there, you better make it work. Or clear me because it's not her responsibility to let him back. If you're going way down that low, you're putting yourself in that situation. And then he catches her again a few laps later, and down the backstretch he does he does one of them where he gets up and tries to swipe her bumper and wreck her, and then um, has some polite things to say about it. But that's just unnecessary, man. Like totally unnecessary to do. So. Congrats. I saw Haley running around right before the race started, uh, literally in the midway. And, and that was a moment where I was super stoked. Like, it was like, 
Wow. We're oh, getting she's energetic. We're, we're, yeah. No, no, not that, man. Like because the drivers have not been allowed to go anywhere. And now, oh, and now they're letting them back out, man. So, so to see her running around, she had a little guy with a video camera chasing her. I saw Austin Sendrick up in a suite. Like I'm seeing, seeing these things around, and I'm yeah. like, man, here we go. Finally, we got sponsors back at the yeah. track. We're getting credentials for these guys. Like all the things are happening. DBC picks after the All-Star race. Brett, you won with Kyle Larson. Freddie oh. still leads, wow. scores 9-5-3 with Freddie leading, Brett second, and TJ third. Picks so for Nashville. TJ, your first. Yeah, they, Austin Dillon, really let me down here. You pick Reddick, though, so I mean. I know, or that company. <laughs> the company, the company let me down. Yeah. All right. Where so are we going Freddy, again? Uh, Freddie's got a big lead. We're going to Nashville. TJ. Your guy wrecks first. I mean, you pick first. Dude, my guy. Look at my finishes, man. Every week. <laughs> um, Good thing you're not playing golf. I can't. And you know what sucks? I can't pick myself because I know we're going we're yeah, to wreck wanna. if I do. <laughs> so, uh, man, geez. Got to be a Gibbs car or a Hendrick car. Who do I got? Any of them? <laughs> not looking good. Uh, oh, no. Eric Jones used to drive a Gibbs car. Does that help? Nope. Close. Oh, I guess <sighs> this sucks. <laughs> this is really bad. Oh my god, there's no way to pick. I guess I, I hell with it. I'll go with Joey. I'll go with us. It's the worst that can happen. I go home early. I mean, it's <laughs> the worst that can happen. It's the worst that can happen. I leave early. <laughs> oh boy, Freddy. I pick. If we wreck, I'm leaving DBC picks for life <laughs> because that's a bad omen or something, man. I'll take uh, Chris Busher. Chris Busher is a uh, – I was actually looking at him and thinking about him. Since you took him, I'm going to go with a Chevrolet. Uh, I'm going to go with Austin Dillon because he's seen this place before. Good idea. He's seen this place before, and Chevrolets are hot right now. Hot. I mean, I'm damn near right. – I'm going to start picking, like, beige and stuff like that here. <laughs> I'm close. <laughs> me too. I'm right there with you. If I pick Cody Ware on this show, please slap me in the face. <laughs> it's coming down to that. With your luck, you'd probably end up winning the ra- – win- not winning the race, but winning with him because me and Freddie blow up, like, on lap two or something. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're off to Nashville. We appreciate you guys listening, as always. Yeah. Calling in the Reaction Theater. Doug Kobe, appreciate him jumping on with us. Uh, Jason, welcome back to NASCAR's most honest and most popular podcast, full-time. I've been here, yeah, yeah full-time. So hey, Jason, do you want to talk about this? I mean, you've kind of been promoted Are you and demoted. Are, Are you, you butthurt at all? Yeah. You've I, been promoted I'm gonna and demoted. the more time I can spend working on this podcast. What Maybe you, we could plan a basketball game for the summer. What's going to happen when they realize you did more work than donor and that they get rid of donor? They're going to try to find me. You know? I mean, I've just noticed the content that's been put out on social has been really ramped up. Like, what's going to happen now that you're... Oh, speaking of that, I don't know if Leah's still listening. I don't know if oh, you noticed. Is. I got a pinned tweet last week from Dirty Mo. You got a pinned tweet. Yeah. One of the retweets of the show was pinned. So we finally got some pinned love. But we didn't get a pinned tweet from Dirty Mo Media. Well, because she doesn't like you. Huh. So it's... It was... We need to start a campaign about pin a tweet. Remember how they wanted Dale Jarrett to drive a truck? <laughs> It needs to be Leah pinned the tweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a good show. Uh, thanks, Doug, again. And if you would like to go see Doug race this weekend, he is at my home racetrack, Riverhead Raceway, Whalen Modified Tour Race this week. going to be a great show, so if you're anywhere in that area, get down there, watch the Modifieds bang off each other for 200 laps. It's usually a hell of a race. If you're going to Nashville, just tweet me. I just want to know how many people's going. I know it's sold out. 38,000 sold out on Sunday. Huge crowd for Saturday expected. 
uh, Eric Moses and his group have done a tremendous job of promoting this race. And, I'm, man, I'm excited. I'm stoked about going. Pat, yeah, Pat, get to see Rocky Ryan again. Oh, Rocky. Pack old red. Pack old like red. Like Brett said, you may want to be there around 830. I have a question, <laughs> Freddie. Who owns that toter home now? I don't know. One He's probably still in? got it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They... Nah, somebody owns that thing. That means them things last forever. I, I, somebody owns I it. I didn't pee in the toter home. I peed in the garbage can. Nah, in there the is absolutely home. no chance you didn't miss a little no, bit. No, I this don't is why Mama You were always... looking at another man in the face when you were peeing. And it's you a want big me... garbage can. And then you... In a toter home. Yeah. Big garbage. Big gar- yeah, it right. It wasn't a 55-gallon garbage can. <laughs> not, like the one, a... <laughs> not like the one he peed in in that no, fantasy football draft. Football draft. <laughs> this, this is why Mama told you it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. We turned... We... we we did a fantasy. Remember this? Oh, That's yeah. why we I said a, he went the only one. That, I didn't have time to go to the bathroom fantasy because football I was going to miss a pick. At Darlington. <laughs> in his and home. next thing I know, Brett's in the back of the room pissing in a garbage can. Yeah. He's like, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm up, I'm up next. I can't miss my pick. We had a we had an in-person, like we were doing a, a draft for our spotter fantasy football league, and we decided to all get together and get a conference room in this hotel. And Best decision we've ever made as a spotter group. It, 100%. <laughs> it was a pretty good time. And – Brett had to go, and his pick was coming up, so <laughs> I couldn't miss my pick. He wasn't. I knew you idiots yeah. to screw my pick up. If I left my iPad open, you and I would have definitely room, had Randall Cunningham. Yeah, I would have had somebody <laughs> that I didn't want. Yeah, Tim Jeez. Tebow. He gave me somebody I didn't want. That's still too good. Oh, I <laughs> uh, appreciate you guys listening. We're gonna get out of here. Maybe, uh, maybe Casey Boat will show back up next week. Who? If not, I say we. Yeah, who? Who's that? Casey. Oh, yeah. Where we is should... Case? She in Indiana still? Chloe Boat, the real owner of that team, did get her first win as a car owner nice. this weekend. I saw that. She's nice. in victory lane. So congratulations to Wyndham and, and Chad and Casey and, oh, and cool. the real that's owner, where, Chloe. That's where Casey's at. I, I would think she's back now, but I don't know. All right. Mm. Well, thank All you, guys. Right. We'll holler at you. Yeah. Word. Holla. Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.